0: No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible.
1: Welcome back to Simply the Bible, the the through-the-Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Moses sent 12 men into the promised land to spy it out and bring back a report. Today we see what happened when they returned. It is the most important lesson in the tragedy of unbelief. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Numbers chapter 13 on Simply the Bible.
0: Today we come to a very great tragedy in the history of Israel. It had been over a year since the children of Israel had departed from Egypt They had moved from Mount Sinai to the border of the promised land. God had prepared them with everything they needed to enter his rest in the land of milk and honey. The presence of God was with them as a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. He had promised to go before them to dispossess the inhabitants of the land. But before they went in, the people thought it would be a good idea to send 12 men to spy out the land. The idea pleased Moses, so he sent them out with instructions to gather intelligence about the land and the people. He also told them to bring back samples of the fruit of the land. After 40 days of reconnaissance, they returned. What we find in the spies' report is the good, the bad, and the ugly, but also the minority report from two of the spies. First, the good. We pick it up in Numbers thirteen twenty-six. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. They couldn't deny that it was a fruitful land. They had brought back a cluster of grapes that was so large they stretched it on a pole carried by two men. It truly was a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord had said. If only they would have stopped there, realizing that God knew what he was talking about and God would surely bring them into the land. But they went on with the bad. Verse 28, Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. How many neverthelesses have cut off faith? We believe that there must be a God. We believe that he is good. Nevertheless, the circumstances in which we find ourselves have escaped his attention, or so we think. When it comes to trusting in God, there is no nevertheless, or at least there shouldn't be. As James wrote in his first epistle about somebody asking God for wisdom, he said, But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt. Because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. Do we trust in the Lord or do we trust in what we see? Having faith doesn't mean turning a blind eye to the facts. It means that we see the facts in their relationship to God. The spies saw strong people, fortified cities, and tall giants, but they didn't see God. If they had, then they would have known that God was stronger than the people, mightier than the cities, and taller than the giants. We have faith in whatever it is that we fear. They feared the people and the giants, so they believed the people and the giants would defeat them. If they would have feared the Lord, then they would have believed that the Lord would defeat the strong people and tall giants. So whom do you fear? The Bible tells us that the fear of man will prove to be a trap, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. If we would have a victorious faith, then we must train ourselves to look away from the things that we see to the things that we cannot see. The apostle Paul says it well in 2 Corinthians 4:18, "While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal." I remember when we first started our church, another pastor criticized me for coming to Boise. We were barely able to pay the rent. There was hardly any food in the refrigerator and only a handful of people were coming. I began to question, did I miss it? Was moving to Boise a mistake? I went to a pastor's conference and on the first night I poured my heart out to the Lord. Lord, I need to hear from you. I cried. And then he spoke to my heart, John fifteen sixteen: You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. Since then, I have never doubted God's calling in bringing us to Boise. My problem was that I was looking at all the circumstances, but I had taken my eyes off Jesus. With his simple words of reassurance, I was able to refocus on the unseen things, and it brought me encouragement comfort and peace now after the majority reported the good and the bad caleb one of the 12 spies gave the minority report then caleb quieted the people before moses and said let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it now you've got to love caleb's spirit He wasn't afraid. He didn't want to delay. He was ready to go up and take possession now. He saw the same people, cities, and giants that the others saw, but he knew that they could overcome them all. What was the difference? The others saw the obstacles, but not God. Caleb saw a great big God and puny obstacles before him. Now the ten spies went from the bad to the ugly. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature, There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. Do you notice anything missing in this report? Starts with a G, ends in a D. If they had temporary amnesia, all they had to do was to look up and see the cloudy pillar hovering over the tabernacle that had led them to where they were camped. But they had exchanged their faith, if they had any to begin with, for fear. And fear causes a person to distort the facts. Were they really the size of grasshoppers compared to the nine-foot giants? They had shrunk to the size of grasshoppers in their own estimation because they had allowed fear to make the giants bigger than they really were. The ugly part was that the God who had delivered them from Egypt And provided for them in the desert was completely forgotten and forsaken. Numbers chapter 14. So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in this wilderness. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, Let us select a leader and return to Egypt. This was one of the greatest tragedies in all the history of Israel. The choices they made this day would turn a year and a half in the wilderness into 40 years. And what was their sin? The author of Hebrews tells us. Hebrews 3.17 Now with whom was he angry 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest? But to those who did not obey? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. As they stood at the border of the promised land, unbelief was the sin that shut them out. The Lord had prepared a wonderful rest for them, but they failed to enter in because they did not believe. And the same is true today. Unbelief will shut you out of the wonderful, blessed life of rest that God has prepared for you. When you think that the seen things are greater and more important than God, then it shuts you out of experiencing his everlasting blessings. When they concluded that they couldn't take possession of the land of Canaan, then there was nothing left for them to do but to go back to Egypt. And Egypt is always a picture of the world. When we fail to take possession of the eternal things by faith, then there is nothing left for us but to settle in this world with its bondage of sin and death. What a tragedy indeed. Verse 5. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. At least Moses and Aaron knew what to do. When the people complained and sinned against God, they fell on their faces and prayed. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes. And they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel saying, the land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us. A land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land for they are our bread. Their protection is departed from them and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Now we see that Caleb and Joshua were one heart in this. They believed God and saw the people's cities, and giants as bread for them to gobble up. When we see affliction and difficulty as our bread because we face it in faith and dependency on the Lord, then we are truly people of valor. Whom God can use verse 10 and all the congregation said to stone them with stones tragically the bad and the ugly report weighed heavily with the congregation to the point that they wanted to kill Caleb and Joshua the final stage of unbelief is to murder the righteous God has invited every person to enter the promised land of his rest But the only passageway is through the door of Jesus Christ. Don't let unbelief shut you out. Enter his rest through faith. And if you are facing giants in your life, make sure you see them in comparison with Almighty God. If God be for us, who can stand against us?
1: You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the through-the-Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to any previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com, click on Program Archives, and scroll down to Simply the Bible. Tomorrow we will see that because of the people's unbelief, the Lord threatens to wipe out the nation. Once again, Moses intercedes, God pardons them, but the cost to Israel is enormous. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Numbers on Simply the Bible.